can hardly believe it, but today it is 42 degrees outside. That's crazy. It's only September 22nd. Well, we know there are times in life the winds shift and the seasons change. And sometimes we do not like those changes. Summer has come to an end. And we are going to be talking about saying yes to those changes today on Storming the Gates. Welcome to Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. You will be inspired, equipped, and find strength for every battle you face. Hello, hello, and greetings to everyone out there. I am so happy you are back with us today on Storming the Gates. My name is Joni Scott, and I am your host. This latest podcast has been percolated in my mind for some time now. And it's actually coming out later uh, in the month than I would like, but I have had a couple of big projects that have been demanding all my time, and I am going to tell you about them in the next episode. So be sure to follow the link in the show notes to sign up for the newsletter. That way, you'll be the first to know about the projects and the first to know about the podcast when they come out. Alrighty, so let's jump into this. Where I live up north in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, the trees are already getting little splotches of color. So I don't know, how is it where you live? Autumn always represents changes and it is beautiful and I love it, but it also represents a change I do not like and that is winter is coming. And winters up here get pretty cold. (laughs) Now, I could fight God, and I could yell at him, and I could plead and beg for summer to last longer, but would it change the impending fact that, and I'm going to quote Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth endures, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. We can pray, we can fast, we can weep. But God is not obligated to do what we want. He always does what is right in all the earth. Recently, I had yet another birthday. And honestly, it was an awesome birthday in many ways. But mostly because God showed up in some surprising places. Well, one way he showed up was that in the morning as I prayed, God just sort of revealed something special to me. There was a situation that I had prayed ferociously about for a long season, and it did not end the way I believed it would. Have you ever had that happen? I mean, I saw God's signature in many ways as I prayed over the situation, but I still grappled with what seemed a lack of answer to my very fervent prayer. But then on my birthdays, I hung out with the Lord He just sort of downloaded a truth about that same situation into my heart. I saw how the things I had wanted would not have been good for many people, including myself. He actually showed me how he was clearly at work and that he had answered as he did for my sake, that God was actually looking out for me. And I felt his tender love and care in that moment. And and it wasn't just that he cared about me. No, no. I really saw that his love and compassion was over all of it. So what it felt like a prayer failure was not a failure at all. God had answered in his way 
and he had done the right thing and the just and the most loving thing. And right then I could just see it so clearly. And I could say with Abraham, should not the judge of all the earth do right? And the answer is yes, God always does the right thing. And that is why these four words, which is the theme of our podcast today and the continuation of our series on the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done, are so heavy laden with meaning. So much so, Jesus himself cried out from the depths of his being in the Garden of Gethsemane, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. He was saying, if there is any other way, do it. But not my will, but thine be done. And the father answered by ushering Jesus into a torturous death on a cross, whereby he was saying, there is no other way. Winter will follow fall, and it cannot be stopped. Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. For God's kingdom to come, God's will must be done. It only makes sense. They go together like shibidibidoop, shibop. If you ever saw Greece, you get that reference. But anyway, on earth, it may not always feel like God did the right thing. I covered this topic in a two-part series a few months back. And actually, it was one of my best receipt podcasts ever. And I'm going to link back to those episodes in the show notes. You know what? I was tempted just to republish those episodes and move on. But then I read the book of Habakkuk, and I had to stop. Here was a man who clearly did not think the will of God was a good choice. In fact, he is incensed to hear what the future of his people will be. So we're going to take a look at this tiny three-chapter book, in obscurity among the other minor prophets. You may not be familiar with the book of Habakkuk, but if you attend church anywhere that they talk about the Bible, you are surely familiar with a few of the poignant verses we find there. Verses such as, the just shall live by faith, and the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Or the Lord is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds' feet. That means like deer's feet. Well, these beautiful verses were not just designed to make a nice wall plaque, although they do, by the way, but they grew up from the rich and yet dark soil of the desperation in Habakkuk's soul when God's plan was revealed to him. In fact, the name Habakkuk means the wrestler, and here is a man who wrestled with God. Let's take a look at his story and find out who won that wrestling match. Although I got an idea that you probably already know. Well, the book of Habakkuk begins with the prophet pleading with God to do something about the terrible situation in Israel. The government's corrupt. The people are corrupt. Oh, Lord, he prays, how long will I cry and you will not hear? Have you ever felt that way? I've been crying and praying and asking. And then he says, Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? Habakkuk is so frustrated. Where is God? 
The world around them is falling apart and digressing into a cesspool of evil. And it seems like God is not even paying any attention. Can you relate? Have you ever seen the news and think those exact thoughts? Or you've been praying about a situation that continues to sit like a giant boulder refusing to budge? In those times, I wonder, where is God? What is he thinking? Surely this God, revealed in the word, is not pleased. Wouldn't he just be waiting for someone to step up to the plate and pray? Do something about this God. Now, what I like about Habakkuk is he doesn't just pray and walk away. Nope. He is always waiting and even expecting an answer. And this is what makes him a prophet and not only a prayer. And the same is important for you. Pray, but then listen. And also know, know that God will answer. And God does answer Habakkuk. To paraphrase, God responds, Oh, I am about to do something about this evil. I am sending the Chaldeans. They are terrible, wicked, and full of pride. They will destroy freely and even give themselves the credit for what they do, not even acknowledging that I sent them. And Habakkuk is like, uh, <clears throat> what? In chapter 1, verses 2 through 12 through 17, Habakkuk is basically taking God aside to give him a good talking to. He says, Art thou not from everlasting? O oh Lord, my Holy One, we shall not die. Thou art of pure eyes and to behold evil and canst look on iniquity. Wherefore loosest thou upon them that are deal treacherously? In other words, why are you sending these terrible people to us? And holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he. So in other words, Habakkuk is stamping his foot and throwing a tantrum and screaming, this is not fair. But Habakkuk then does what we so often do not do when God's ways confuse us. In chapter two, Habakkuk says he will go into his watchtower and wait to hear what God will say. I wonder if he was actually in a watchtower. Sometimes, you and me, we need to find a watchtower and get into watchtower mode. Maybe we have to throw a tantrum for a minute or two. But then stop and wait for God's answer. Habakkuk even says, I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Habakkuk knows that God is God. He still believes God is good, and therefore, he kind of expects God to chastise him for his attitude. I can relate to that feeling as well. How about you? Because I feel like this is how we really, truly trust and rest in the Lord. It's when life makes us crazy. It's when we're disillusioned, downcast, and devastated, but we still crawl into our watchtower because we choose to believe God is good, even in the midst of our pain. And he will reveal himself in some way when we cease striving and turn it all over to him. And God does not disappoint Habakkuk. He meets him in that watchtower. And he tells Habakkuk to write the vision down so that the hearers 
have an opportunity to flee from the judgment that is coming towards them. And this is where the Lord utters that famous phrase, the just shall live by his faith. When the winds are howling and the thunder is crashing overhead, those that truly know God, that are righteous in God's eyes, they still trust, they still obey, they still believe. God then goes on to reveal to Habakkuk that he is indeed just, too just, in fact, to allow his people to continue in their ways. And the Lord promises Habakkuk that one day the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God concludes by saying, The Lord is in his holy temple, but all the earth keeps silent before him. That's from Habakkuk 2, verse 20. I once sent my kids with their father while I sat with God. I was asking him questions about an uncertain future. As I prayed, I suddenly sensed the very presence of God. I'd been waiting for him, and he had come. But I found I was at a complete loss for words. Whatever the many questions were in my mind— They melted like ice cream on a hot sidewalk. Nothing I could ask mattered a smidge next to his simple, powerful presence. We complain and moan and gripe, but we really have no idea what is going on, what the future holds, and how God is going to take all we know and mold it in his time into something beautiful. And that's why he asks us to be still and to stop striving to know God knows, and to say, thy will be done. Sure, we still pray. We ask, we plead. The Lord's prayer still has plenty of that, and Jesus himself did it. But in the end, we allow for the truth that the Lord's will is, in the end, our will, because we've given it to him. There was another time I questioned the goodness of God. When our young family had moved to a small city in the middle of the cold, dark woods of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, you know what? We expected a church to spring up when we moved in. We're here, everyone. But instead, we experienced rejection, poverty, uncertainty, and loneliness. Another bill came in the mail that we couldn't pay. There was another bout of bad news another rejection by another person. And one day I just dropped my head against the wall in a, against the cold plaster walls of our house. And I said to God, if you don't hate me, why does it feel like you do? And God's answer came simply, drop it into my heart like an autumn leaf. Because he replied, I love you. Did I understand that? No. But somehow I knew the end of it all would be good. He was allowing the pain out of love, somehow. You know, I was satisfied with that answer. It's interesting when God gives you an answer, with it comes the uh, the ability to live in that. And it gave me all I needed to go on and to continue to say, Thy will be done. So I want to end this podcast where the book of Habakkuk ends, and I want to read his poetic final thoughts. And as you listen, 
Make this your prayer today. It's taken from Habakkuk 3. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall all be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make me to walk upon my high places. There are high places to reach, and you're on your way. I will be done. Thank you once again for listening to Storming the Gates. Be sure to visit our website at stormingthegates.net. While there, sign up for the newsletter and you'll receive free prayer cards and a Bible study for each episode. Check the show notes for links to items mentioned in today's show. We'll see you here again for the next episode of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer.